0: welcome back to industrious i'm your host makaya shaw and today we're back from an unscheduled break last week an episode did not happen um, due to many different factors but this week we are back and we'll be discussing children in church and what a blessing and interesting challenge that is as I've mentioned before, I am a mom to two little boys. My oldest is almost three, and my youngest is almost one. So they're two years apart. It's been quite the adventure. I love them both. They're very um, energetic, sweet little boys. And we keep them in church with us for our church service every Sunday. And in our community here in Moscow, that's a very common thing Everyone does it basically. There aren't really other options for your kids to go to during the church sermon. But I know that it's not all that common in many other areas, many other churches. Um, churches that I grew up in when, when I was younger had other places for the kids to go during the church sermon. So I thought it'd be an interesting thing to talk about um, in today's episode. So I grew up. Um, a Baptist. I was in a family who went to a Baptist, we went to a Baptist church growing up. And I always remembered Sunday school, like the children's Sunday school before service. And that's, parents would go to their Sunday schools, we'd go to our Sunday schools. And then we would go back into church usually, if I'm remembering correctly, we would go back into church with our parents for like the singing and the beginning portion of the church service and then at a certain point like right before the sermon all the children would be dismissed to go to kids church um and I don't know if we actually did that for very long I think pretty quickly when we were of that age you know no longer in nursery you know starting to go to kids church I think pretty quickly my parents decided that they would rather have us all together as a family for our Sunday, for our church service. Um, So we started sitting and staying in our pew with our parents while all the other kids ran off to kids' church, which was interesting. It definitely got some interesting looks because that was definitely not the norm in our church at the time. But we would sit, the three of us, my brother and sister and I would sit in our pew with my parents and my grandma, and there would be, you know, as soon as the singing was done, as soon as the other kids were dismissed, and we were settling in for the sermon, we'd all get our our gum or our snacks, and the matchbox cards would be passed down, and the coloring books would be passed out, and everybody would get kind of settled in with their activity. Um, and I, I know for a fact that there was probably a good amount of Bustle and crinkling of paper and moving around and being a little bit of a distraction to the people around us, but Personally as the child in question, I don't remember it being that um, difficult and I uh, remember feeling Special or not special but feeling included in what my parents were doing on Sunday Like it wasn't a separate thing. We were as a family all there um Worshipping God together and that was a big deal and it seemed um, To follow very consistently with what my parents were trying to do at home Um, Which I mean I think through now I wasn't exactly thinking through that as a kid, but it, it Was also something that was a little more I was able to more gradually become Aware of the sermon, you know listening more closely to the sermon as time went on and there was never this big jump from kids' church, you know, everything being colorful and built just for kids and, you know, the storyline being very gripping or whatever we were talking about that day, there being lots of involvement and interaction with the audience at kids' church. There wasn't this full stop between that and then being thrown into adult church where everyone sits and listens quietly to whatever the pastor was talking about that day. It was a very gradual. We went from only really being concerned with our matchbox cars, our gum, and our coloring pages and gel pens... <laughs> To just slowly beginning to hear more and more of what's happening and slowly moving into, oh, now I'm taking notes or I'm writing down what the pastor says or I'm copying out the verse that he's mentioning in a sermon. And it just was a slow trickle into being more engaged um, with listening and interacting with it as more of an adult. And it wasn't very difficult for us. I don't think it. I think it was very benefic- beneficial. And so now I'm very grateful that in the church that we go to now, we're surrounded by everyone doing the same thing with having their kids in church with them. Um, we are not the oddballs, you know, the only ones with children sitting in our pew and, and being noisy and disruptive every once in a while. Um, plenty of people are in that stage. Or if they're not currently in this stage, they were in that stage recently or have grandchildren in that stage or they're hoping to soon be in that stage. So everybody is very... Um, gracious to parents and to children, I feel like. Um, Everyone is seeing everyone else. Everyone knows that we're all fighting the same fight cheerfully in our little bunkers, (laughs) in our rows, in the pews. Um, There will be nursing infants in the side rooms with the sermon being piped in. There will be babies being rocked in the back of the Um, church during the sermon, there'll be, you know, moms and dads getting up and down and up and down with fussy toddlers, and everyone just kind of understands what you're doing and is kind of cheering you on as they see you walk out for the fifth time with your toddler who's upset about um, a crayon that broke or something like that. It's very common. We... I remember multiple, multiple different scenarios, which I think it's funny. I don't actually have that many specific memories of like seeing a parent get up with a child or, or seeing a child have a meltdown or temper tantrum because there is a certain amount of it that is just normal and nobody is really taking note of, oh my goodness, did you see that Johnny was taken out four times today? You know, that's not like what people are thinking about normally, especially other people that have little children. You're busy enough with your own little movers <laughs> in your own row that you you have to pay attention to. You're not looking at other people for the most part. But right after we had Graham, my eldest, he was born very premature. And I'll have to talk about that some other time. But he was born very premature. So we were up in Spokane, which has the big hospital the big hospitals that are capable of taking care of babies that small. So we were staying up there, and we were up there for three months. So in that three months, months, we were looking for a semblance of normalcy, (laughs) normal life. So we were going to church. My husband and I were going to church at um, Christ Church Spokane, which is a similar church to the one that we go to here in Moscow. And it had some people who we knew, um, friends of friends, as well as people we had met at our church. So it was kind of a nice place to get plugged into for the three months that we were up there. But I have this vivid memory of sitting in the pew and there was this one dad who kept having to get up with his little girl and she was in quite the pretty church dress, big fluffy tulle skirt, you know, and the cute velvet top with the cap sleeves, you know, it was a really sweet little outfit, but she was having a tough go of it that day, just having a tough time, and he kept getting up and down, and and nobody was like, Ugh, like, could you settle down, like, nobody was upset about them getting up and down, I think the general consensus was like, Go fight win like way to go dad. <laughs> Put in that that work, you know. Um, training her to to sit in church with the family is quite the job, but it is definitely worth it. And um, and you know he was he was up and down with her, and and I just vividly remember the probably the third time he got up and left the room with her and then he came back this little toddler you could see him they were almost back we were sitting near the back of the room so i could see all of it without like turning around in my pew or anything like that but he was almost back to their seat when she you know he's carrying her up you know he she's about level with his head where she's being held and you just see this little thought go through her her mind and she just kind of looks at him and, and you see her decide to do it. And she raises her hand and just slaps him on the top of the head. And <laughs> and it's just this resounding little slapping sound. And he just kind of turns around and walks right back out of the room. And it, I tried so hard not to lie because all of us were like, yep, that's where, you know, that's the, the response. We're going right back out of here to, to deal with what just happened. But it was just a funny um, thing that I remember vividly. It's just, yes, way to go, Dad. And... Isn't that the toddler heart in all of us? Like, I know I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it. And there will be immediate repercussions. But other than that specific scenario, I don't have many um, vivid memories of, of situations like that. Really, it's all pretty much a blur because that's what my husband and I are doing with our children most of the time. Like, in and out, in and out, working on helping them learn to sit still. And now we've developed a pretty good system. Graham is almost three. He's starting to get the hang of it, and I've heard from some of my brother and sisters-in-law who have older kids that it usually is the firstborn that's the most difficult to, to teach to do this, because once you have other kids that are younger watching their older sibling or siblings, they just kind of figure out, oh, this is what we do. This is where we sit, and this is where we stand up to sing, and then we sit again, and we get out our crayons and we color, they kind of are watching their older brother or older sister, and and there's more of a precedent set and it's not starting from ground zero. So I'm looking forward to that with our second. Hopefully he gets the hang of it um, by watching his brother as a good example, but um, my Graham is already starting to be much better at this. He gets the hang of oh, we're standing up to sing, we're all going to stand up together, and then we're going to sit down and there are a few other moving parts in the beginning of the liturgy. You know, he's very, he's starting to be a little more aware of where we are in the whole process and how close we are to sitting and being able to get a snack out because that's what he's looking forward to for the most part is when do I get my fruit snacks? Is it now? Not yet? Okay. But um, it's very, um, it's, it's the big, the big goal for him right now is getting to where he is allowed to open his snacks. Um, and then he usually has a book and and his Bible and some coloring pages because our church provides a coloring page that goes with the sermon for that day, which is always very fun. Um, and then maybe he'll bring a car or two, you know, just play quietly while sitting in his seat. And it really has been a, a process to get him there. But definitely a needed and necessary and wonderful process. I there have been times where we've thought, what are we doing wrong? Why is it this difficult? Because we have been blessed with a very stubborn child who (laughs) we have no idea where that came from. No. Both myself and his dad have very stubborn sides to us. But which can be a good thing in certain scenarios. Not when you're trying to get them to sit still for church for the first time, you know. It takes some some training but I think with you know having some things for their little you know hands to do because it's difficult to get tiny ones to sit still for good reason they're built to run around they've got lots of energy um they're wanting to learn and through through doing things so sitting still and listening is not first on their priority list but we have been um, working at home as well, like not leaving it all to Sunday, because if you're just trying to teach them one thing, that's like an hour long process, but only once a week, that's not a very easy way to form a habit or to teach um, a method of of being right (laughs) and not an easy way to teach them to sit quietly it's not going to work just doing it once a week so we like to read lots of books throughout the week usually before bed or before nap time we'll sit down and that's an easy time to kind of we're winding down we need to sit still encouraging that active listening when it's something that's very interesting to him Um, a storybook he's starting to get very interested in long storybooks that have you know, one picture that goes with a, a big block of text. It's not just little board books with, you know, one-liners on each each page, you know. So it's a, it's a longer story, and he follows the storyline much better now than he used to even, like, six months ago. So those changes happen really quickly, and reading books is a really easy way, and entertaining way, to work on sitting still. Um, So that's been something we work on at home. And I think another big part of learning to have your children in church with you is um, your own heart about it. I think um, if you go into it thinking that Sunday sermon is for you, is for you to be able to Um, soak up every single word that's being spoken, then you're going to be in for a rude awakening, or it's going to be a really rough time for you because that's not going to work out when your kids are in there with you. And then you just end up resenting them or being annoyed or angry with them for, you know, distracting you when you were trying to take your sermon notes, you know. So really, during this phase of life that I'm in and a lot of my friends are in with little ones, Sermon notes are not the point. We are blessed to live in a community where the the church sermon is always recorded, so you can go back and listen to it some other time during the week when you're not working on getting your children to sit with you, you know, in the service. But we also live in a place where, or we also go to a church where um, the liturgy is itself... Very good for your soul. The whole process of singing and worshiping, and confessing and worshiping that way, and then communion and worshiping—like it's all very much part of um, worshiping God in in every aspect. And the main aspect for us right now is in being faithful with training our children, and that is how we're worshiping God. So it's not about sermon notes. It's not about neatly, you know, written, you know outlines of what the pastor has said or copying out in very neat handwriting the verse that he's preaching from right now it's about getting little ones to understand why we're there the paying attention and, and understanding that they are important and we want them to be there and that all of this is for them as well as it is for as it is for us And that's just so important and so easy to lose track of, even thinking through it right now when I'm thinking about this podcast, this discussion for this podcast. It's a very good reminder for me for why we do this each Sunday and we go through this whole process each Sunday. Little ones on their dad's shoulders at the end of the service with their hands raised high, shouting the doxology kind of off-tune or off-tempo. That's the point. It's not about soaking up every single word that the pastor says it's not about your emotions you know how if how close you feel to God in that moment because how you are raising your kids is what you've been called to do by God showing them how much God loves them through involving them in worshiping God so important And the little joys that they get through it is so wonderful too because they, once they start picking up on the service and like the flow of it, they start to recognize songs. There was a time just a couple weeks ago that my son heard Amazing Grace outside of church and we had just sung it that Sunday and we do sing Amazing Grace almost every night before he goes to bed. That's part of our kind of bedtime ritual um, and bedtime routine. And he heard Amazing Grace outside of church and outside of bedtime routine. And he just immediately, like, perked up, like, oh, church song. Like, I know this song. We sing this all the time. And it was just really great because he was very excited to have recognized it and to know what it was and know the words to it. And the same goes for the doxology. And um, especially communion, they, they get so, so excited about the bread and the wine and being involved, being invited to that, that table that we're all eating at and worshiping at. It's really a wonderful thing. And it's a good reminder for how we are all supposed to approach Sunday church. Even when we feel a little bit, like, kicking and, <laughs> and squirming around, like, it is good and right to sit still and listen And get what we can out of it. Anyway, that's what I wanted to share with you all today. Hopefully you all are enjoying your week this week. Staying cool in the heat of the summer. And I will see you next time. Bye-bye.